and welcome to the Flexitarian Feast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Eliz, and we are two home cooks trying to eat more plants. Thank you for joining us. This week, we are talking all about winter vegetables. This time of year, it can be kind of hard to get inspired at the store, but there are still lots of great options out there, especially if you live in the Pacific Northwest like we do. It's true, but I already miss tomatoes. I do too. So what are some vegetables that are in season right now? Brussels sprouts. Squash of all kinds. Yeah, butternut. Acorn. Spaghetti. I love winter squash. It's, there's so many good ones. Um, this time of year, I think carrots yes. and beets are really good. Cabbage. Uh, broccoli. Broccoli. Greens. You can see lots of greens. In the oh, yeah, store. like chard. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And turnips and beets. Yeah. So there's lots of good stuff. Yeah. Um, stuff. Although I think with a lot of winter vegetables, you do need to be a little bit, take a little bit more care in preparing them. In the summer, you can basically just take whatever you find and like put some olive oil and salt on it. And right. Then you don't like, even need dinner. to cook it. You don't it. even need to cook it. Yeah. Um, but why don't we start by talking about winter squash? Yes. I love winter squash. I'm sure a lot of you guys love winter squash too. I remember when I was a kid, my mom used to take acorn squash and roast it and serve it with butter and brown sugar. Yep. It was so delicious. And I really want to do that sometime this winter for the kids. For sure. I think they would really like it. Sounds great. Um, I actually just saw on Weelicious, which that is a website that is mostly focused on feeding kids and trying to expose them to lots of different fruits and vegetables. And she actually has a really great Instagram account, too. It's at Weelicious. Um, and she has a couple cookbooks that I really like. But she just had a tip about when you're serving a new squash to your kids, just giving them a little dish of maple syrup on the side to dip in can really be an inviting way to try something because, like, kids, every kid likes maple syrup. Well, yeah, and it's, like, it's interesting way to get them to try something different but right. with a familiar flavor. Right. And winter squash is naturally sweet anyways. And yeah. so I think most kids probably would like it. I mean, every time I've served winter squash and our my kids have tried it, they've been pretty receptive to the flavor. That's good. Trader Joe's has this whipped maple syrup right now. Have you seen this? No, I haven't been to TJ's in a while. Okay, but. well, maybe you need to make a special trip because yeah. <laughs> it is basically maple syrup. The only ingredient is maple syrup, but it, is, it has been whipped to the consistency of frosting. What? And so it's like <laughs> a creamy frosting maple yeah. thing. It is so delicious. I'm I feel like it that. would be so good drizzled on winter squash or sweet potatoes or yeah, something like that. Yeah, or just like, like rub it on there before you bake it so it gets extra caramelized. Oh, Totally. Yes, that yeah, sounds I think that really good. Would be very delicious. Um, I really love acorn squash too. I don't buy it a lot because I just feel like it's kind of cumbersome to prep. But yeah, it's um, pretty thick. Chopped. Yeah, I just because you yeah you don't have to peel it or you, I guess it's too awkward to peel. But then you're not supposed to eat the peel, right? So I don't know. It's just kind of a pain to me. But um, I did recently make some delicata squash Ooh, with maple delicata. and chili powder. Mm. And it was a really good combo for that squash. And you can eat the peel on delicata squash. So that's one of my favorite like fall winter squashes because it's just it's cute with its little yeah. scalloped it's edges. So pretty. And and you can just eat the whole thing. And it's like sweeter than zucchini, but not as hard to prep as the other ones. And that one's kind of my favorite. Yeah, delicata is a really, and it looks pretty on your counter. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like striped and it's really cute. Yeah, so I totally love it. Yeah, I agree with you about acorn squash being hard to cut. So um, tasty though. I know it's so good. Um, also, I feel like butternut squash. I think that is maybe the biggest pain to cut. Really, I don't. I don't have as much of a problem with that. I don't know if I've just gotten used to it, but I just what I do is I. I'll just, before I chop the ends off, I just peel it and then I chop the ends off because you can stand it up on its side. Usually it yeah. has a flat bottom. So right. I'll just peel it like from top to bottom. And I I was just before we started recording showing Ela's my peeler. I have a really good She's peeler. She's a really nice peeler. <laughs> it's like, it's slightly serrated. We should link it in our show I'll, notes. I'll try to, yeah, I'll to look it up. amazing, perfect butternut um, squash it's peeler. It's a really good vegetable peeler. Like it, it's fast for like carrots and stuff, but also for the harder skin things, it, it does a really good job. So you don't have, I feel like you're doing less work than with yeah, a regular that's peeler. that's awesome. Um, it's like slightly serrated. So anyway, I'll just, so I just peel it and then I chop it up. And if I have a really extra big one that I'm not going to use right away, I just dice it up and put it in the freezer. And that's the same yeah. kind of squash that you would buy at like Whole Foods frozen diced buttered squash. It's the exact same thing. It's just that I just diced it up myself. Right. So yeah, I, I, I don't really have a problem prepping butternut squash. And I feel like it's a lot more versatile than acorn squash, but not as easy as delicata. <laughs> Yes, exactly. No, so, I, I, I totally, I could see that. 
Um, I will admit that I almost always buy pre-chopped butternut squash. Yeah, no shame. No shame. <laughs> and usually in that. I get the fresh one. I've also get it seen it too. spiralized. In oh the yeah, store. I've seen that before too. Yeah, I don't have a spiralizer, but I know that's a really popular way to shred up squash and other things to like yeah, make it like noodles without pasta. Yeah, but, um, maybe you could have the butternut squash noodles with. Yeah. Noodles. <laughs> right. Or you, like just you to, mix like it. you could cut half the pasta and put yeah, it vegetables in a noodle shape and it's like a little healthier. Yeah. I really love butternut squash. Yeah. So Julia Tertian. So one of my favorite cookbooks that is a great cookbook that is organized seasonally, which I really appreciate. Seasonal cookbooks are just so great because when the seasons change and you're kind of in a rut when you're cooking, you can just open up that chapter of the new season and be like, okay, here's refresh yourself. What's going to be tasting good? What's in season? What goes with what kind of year it is? That kind of a thing. Love it. Um, But her second, or maybe her third cookbook, Now and Again, which is one of my favorite cookbooks. We'll link to that in the show notes too. Um, She has a radicchio and roasted butternut squash salad that is delicious. And it has a nice vinaigrette. I totally think that's a great way to do butternut squash. That sounds really good. It's a little bit lighter. And then there's also a casserole that I usually make for Thanksgiving that is roasted butternut squash and then sautéed leeks um, in a casserole pan. And then you top it with crumbled goat cheese and you pour a little heavy cream on top because it's Thanksgiving. I mean, you can't have Thanksgiving without heavy cream. Yeah. And then you top the whole thing with toasted hazelnuts. Ooh, that sounds Um, good. This is like a really old recipe from Bon Appetit, I think. But it is so delicious. Sounds great. Um, it's unusual, but not too unusual for Thanksgiving. So I, yeah. that's another casserole that I really like. Going back to the radicchio thing, I really love radicchio, and I feel like a lot of people don't appreciate it or it's too bitter. Yeah, it's very bitter. But if you have it, like with this, sounds really good with squash because squash is kind of sweet. It's like it has to be balanced. But I really love radicchio. I do too. And I actually, whenever I see radicchio salad on a menu, I Me usually too. buy it. I usually get it. Actually, almost all the time, salads in a restaurant are better than any Always salad I better. make at home. So I'm I love radicchio salads in restaurants because they're just so good. And one really good trick I think with working with radicchio, we're totally going off topic here. But anyway, radicchio maybe radicchio is I think a winter radicchio is pretty fall winter. Yeah, I agree. appropriate. But if you um, soak it in ice water, it yeah, kind of takes some of the bitterness out, and it um, just makes it taste really extra fresh. Yeah, so that's a great tip for radicchio. Also, going back to what you said, why are leeks like so delicious? I love all onions. I love all alliums. Alliums. They're my favorite vegetable. I love leeks too. Leeks are so good. I know. I don't usually prepare them very often either. I know. I always forget about them. And then when I buy them, I'm like, why don't I buy these all the time? I mean, they can basically go in anything that you normally make. Yeah, they're kind of like a little more delicate or something. But what about spaghetti squash? How do you feel about that? I, I don't love it when it is being used to replace pasta right i feel like that's really popular to like use it as a pasta substitute because it's, it's not noodly, but it's, it's not, not a pasta the same. substitute it's not the it's same it's kind of I, the texture is strange it's crunchy yeah and stringy i mean it is kind of fun to prepare because you just you cut it in half and roast it side down you could even do this in like the instant pot yes or even I've done the microwave the pot, yeah. i think as a whole anyways and then you just take a fork and like shred the strings it out is of cool it. how it shreds and that's cool um and i can get behind this spaghetti squash if it's just as a side dish, maybe with like olive oil and parmesan or something like that, um, but I don't love it. As yeah, a pasta I kind of substitute. feel the same. I haven't. I can't really decide if I love it or not. The best spaghetti squash thing I ever had was at a vegan restaurant that's closed now. But it was this dish that was it was it was prepared like pasta, and it was with this really delicious like Alfredo-y cashew cream. And it probably had some other vegetables too. I don't even remember. It was so long ago now. But I, after we had it, I was like, I'm going to make this at home. And I tried to recreate it. I, <laughs> I scoured the internet for similar recipes. And I did I did make a similar thing. But my sauce wasn't as good as theirs. I think, I think I should have thinned it out more. I don't know. It's really hard to make a really good, not too rich yeah, cashew, cashew cream pasta, pasta sauce. But um, anyway, I, I've used spaghetti squash and other things. Like I made um, like... It's good in soups. Yeah, I agree. Um, the, I have a recipe. I haven't made it, but I've been always meaning to, where it's kind of like in a Vietnamese, like, knock chop kind of sauce. Ooh. Um, I think it would take really well to that, because it would, it would like, yeah, the crunch so- would come yeah. through well, but it would soak up the flavor really good, I think. Right. So that's kind of, like, on my list to try when I want something fresh, but it's winter. 
Yeah, I know. I totally agree with you. And I feel like in late winter, that is when I want to eat something yeah. kind of fresh like that. Right. Like in January. Right. When you're basically like, all I want to eat. eating pasta. Right. I mean, Well, you know. now that it's like just started raining, all I want to eat right now is mashed potatoes and Soup. pasta and like Toast. heavy casseroles. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I at some point I'm like, I want some vegetables and something light and cold. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so... Spaghetti, spaghetti squash. squash is kind of weird. Yeah, I would way rather eat a different type of squash. Um, something else I always buy this time of year is canned pumpkin yes. puree and butternut squash, um, which is great to mix into soups and s- sauces. And you could even make a very easy butternut squash soup that way. It's yeah, that's really, really smart. I like buying canned pumpkin too because pumpkins, I know you can buy pumpkins and do the same thing, roast them or steam them or whatever, but it always seems just way more complicated i don't know why i guess they just seem bigger maybe i'm always thinking of carving pumpkins right yeah pie pumpkins are pretty small (laughs) i know there's like different pumpkins but i've never even done it because it just seems too much of a pain to me yeah and well the thing is if you're going to do pumpkin puree like if you want to make a pumpkin pie from a pumpkin you have to get a pie pumpkin or a sugar pumpkin (laughs) pumpkin it's called um, and it will have a higher water content than your canned pumpkin puree. So you need to cook it down or strain it or something, or your pumpkin pie will not set up okay. correctly. So you can't just interchange it in a in a recipe that requires, you know, baking. Like or for a pie. Like for like a pie or a quick or bread. bread. Yeah. A lot of pumpkin puree is not actually made from pumpkin. What? And, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a fact. That's crazy. I think they use like whatever winter squashes are available. So it's usually like a mix. Blend. And so it's a different color if you make your own pumpkin puree. Interesting. But yeah, I, I always buy canned pumpkin for well, pumpkin pie. It's nice to have on hand like pumpkin, mix pumpkin into your mac and cheese. Mix pumpkin yeah, into so that whatever is actually, soup. Mixing pump, a little bit of pumpkin into mac and cheese is such a great tip, especially if you are having kids who are a little bit picky eaters. Um, because you can just make your regular box mac and cheese and just put a couple spoonfuls of it. Not enough to like change the flavor too much, but right. um, but then they're at least getting a little bit different of a extra flavor nutrients, profile there. And, and they're not going to notice it. Yeah. It's really smart. Yeah. Um, I obviously make lots of quick breads and muffins and things too with Ooh, that kind of stuff. What about pancakes? Yeah. We make tons. I make pumpkin tons of pancakes. pumpkin pancakes. That sounds so good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> I mean, I like to find pancake recipes that are blender recipes. So you just like yeah. dip everything into a blender and then, you know. Smart. Cook it up. I like pancakes, but I never make pancakes. Isn't that you weird? You know, if I didn't have small children, I would not probably make I'm just pancakes. more of a savory breakfast person. I, I like guess, savory so. breakfast yeah. too. I, I always think I should make crepes, but then it seems like too much work for two people. Ooh, that cookbook Feeding a Family, which is another one of my favorite seasonally organized cookbooks. She has a recipe for crepes, and I think it has like a sweet potato black bean Ooh, filling. Yes, um, that sounds, sounds right delicious. up my alley. Yeah. Uh, sweet potatoes and black beans are a magical combo. Yes. One of my faves. So while we're on the topic, let's start talking about potatoes. Ooh, I love potatoes. <laughs> Me too. Potatoes, I think, have a bad reputation. Like yeah. Like white potatoes. Yeah, they're considered just a starch and... But they're so delicious. They're so good. And they do have lots of good nutrition. Yeah, a lot them. of vitamins and I don't know what else. Magnesium, <laughs> potassium. <laughs> they're very grounding to eat. There's also apparently. a lot of different ways to prepare them. Yeah. You know, unlike some things where you just eat them raw or I don't know. I feel like some vegetables are kind of one note. Yeah, maybe. I agree. But potatoes, you could roast them. You can mash them. You can... You can have a baked potato and have right. a bunch of stuff on top of it. Yeah. You can make French fries. And they're so cheap. Tater tots. That's hash browns. another great thing is that they're so inexpensive. It's like yeah. such a great way, yeah, to get. I love them. I love potatoes too. And we do like hash, like hash for dinner oh, a nice. couple times a month. So I'll just like Cuba potatoes, sweet potatoes, and then whatever other vegetables are good. Leeks would be great in yes. this. Beets are good. Nice. Carrots. Um even butternut squash, and then just serve it with eggs on top. That sounds good. I do that kind of stuff for breakfast, but I never really do eggs for dinner. I'm trying to – I need to break out of that habit. Yeah, I mean, that's like a super easy fast dinner. And actually, that can be completely prepped the day before. If you're going to prep potatoes or sweet potatoes ahead of time and you want to peel and chop them like the night before, um, you want to store them in a bowl of water. Oh, why is that? And that will prevent them from turning brown. Oh, okay. That's smart. Yeah. And I think it – some people say that it helps, like if you're making sweet potato fries, it helps them crisp up. I don't know if that's true, but it does help them from turning brown. Interesting. Well, my favorite way that I found recently of making potatoes 
for breakfast mainly how I do this is I dice them up, roast them like normal, but instead of just tossing them with olive oil and salt and pepper, I also add in nutritional yeast, which is, it's my favorite way that I make tofu is with nutritional yeast, which is a tip I picked up from a vegan restaurant here in Portland. Anyway, so I have this tofu technique. I was like, oh, I'm going to try that with potatoes. And guess what? It works like magic. And the potatoes get so crusty and Ah, crunchy on the outside. So yeah, just a little bit of olive oil, nutritional yeast until they're coated in like a little bit of salt. Because nutritional yeast does taste salty, but if you don't add salt, it doesn't taste salty enough. Yeah, you need Um, both. And you can add other seasonings too. Like I I love smoked paprika. I kind of put that on everything. Yeah, paprika is so good. Especially with potatoes. But anyway, that's my favorite roasted potato trick right now is nutritional yeast. That's a great tip. It's, you got to try it. Yeah, I know. I actually don't, use nutritional yeast that often oh, Ryan should. will use it um a lot more than I do and which is funny because he doesn't cook that often um but Charlie is like obsessed with nutritional it's so yeast tasty. he loves it yeah it's good to mix into random things too just to add a little extra like savory almost Umami. cheesy effect but yeah. without adding cheese yeah it's like a really good flavor yeah I've had it on, I like it on popcorn yeah I need to branch popcorn. out from that though yeah, highly recommend the tofu or potato technique. Do you do sweet potatoes a lot too? I love sweet potatoes. Basically, the main way that I make sweet potatoes is just ch- chopping them up with smoked paprika, roasting them. Um, I really like doing them with uh, coconut oil because it kind of brings out the natural oh, sweetness. The sweetness. That's a great idea. Um, and I first discovered that from this recipe from, I think it's, yeah, it's from Food 52. It's a crispy coconut kale with roasted salmon and coconut rice is the title of the recipe. But they forgot about the sweet potatoes that are part of the recipe that kind of make the whole <laughs> thing. Like, the best part. like it ties the whole thing together. But the coconut rice, like the coconut rice with the paprika, sweet potatoes, and the sauce that's with it, it's like a soy sauce, sriracha sauce. And you can make it with tofu or salmon. Yum. Or I've made it just with like the kale, sweet potatoes, and rice and had yeah. that for dinner because it's just such a good combo. It's really easy too. And coconut rice is like the first time I made that, I was like, why don't I eat, make rice with coconut milk every day? Yeah, I know. I've never made coconut rice, but I love oh, it. Oh, it's so good. And I also just read a thing about if you just make it with coconut water, it's lighter, but it still, oh, has, it still has a, a like a, the Ooh, essence of good. coconut. So it's like a lighter version. Huh. Uh, I haven't tried it yet, but I was like, oh, I'm going to do that because I love that coconut flavor. But having like less fat or whatever, it kind of makes sense to have right. just the light, like light coconut aroma, maybe more than the flavor. Um. So I'm going to try that. sounds so good. We're going to link all of these recipes that we're talking about in our show notes. Absolutely. That you can find on our website. Yeah. Um, So make sure you check that out too. Um, But anyways, back to sweet potatoes. I, so (laughs) sweet potatoes are one of the first foods that both of our kids had when they were babies. Um, They're such a great, they're a total staple in our house. Mm -hmm. Um, They're great for babies. They're so good. You can puree them. You can um, like steam them in French fry shapes that are easy for babies to hold. Yummy. Um, and now I eat, both kids love sweet potatoes and I will even, I can even like microwave it um, and then just chop it up and put it in their lunch. And that's like a really oh, nice. easy lunch vegetable. So good. Um, that is very fast. Um, and you can also, I had just started doing this last year. You can slice sweet potatoes with the skin on and roast them that way. So they're kind of look like chips. Oh, nice. Um, and you can even use like a small cookie cutter if you want it to be like Cute. that. If you want to be super cute. Super Pinterest mom. Super Pinterest mom, which I am not. Um, but it is fun sometimes, sometimes to have, yeah. like, you know, shaped. You could probably do that with butternut squash, too. Oh, I think you could do that with, absolutely. Yeah, if it's a big enough one, just really muscle really down on it. push it down. You got to slice it pretty thin. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you could probably even do sweet potatoes in the air fryer, which oh, I have yeah. not done before. I haven't but done I that either, could. but I bet that would work, too. My, my air fryer situation is a little, uh, cum- not cumbersome, it's small. Because it's, I have this thing that fits on top of my instant pot, so it's I not. I know as, it's so cool. It is cool, but it's not. It doesn't hold as much stuff as I think a regular air fryer. So, but since it's only me and my husband, it, it works okay for you don't us. Need that much, yeah. Um, I used it a lot when I first got it, and now I, I just kind of remember like, oh, I haven't used that in a while. It kind of gotta maybe bust that thing out. I haven't been using my air fryer now that the weather is cold yeah. either because I'll just turn the oven on. Right. And I feel like in the summer it's so nice to have because um, it doesn't heat up the house at all. Totally. It's but, really nice to not have to turn on the oven in the summer. And now I'm freezing. I know. <laughs> like, right? turn, like, turn on, on the, the oven. oven. <laughs> I'm going to stand by it all night. 
Uh, so let's see. What do we have next? All right, How let's about, move on um, to another. Yeah. Cabbage? I love cabbage. Cabbage. So good. Actually, I Ryan, that's his Ryan's favorite vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> no question. Wow. He loves cabbage so much. Um, I like it. I like sauerkraut and kimchi. Um, and my favorite thing, way to prepare cabbage is like vinegar braised cabbage. So I just take a red cabbage or purple cabbage, whatever you want to call it. And then I chop it up pretty finely and saute it in oil until it's soft, which takes about 30 minutes. Then I just add some salt and then a big splash of vinegar, like apple cider vinegar or really whatever vinegar you have would work. Um, and then just let it cook with a lid on. And then every 30 minutes or so, I just keep adding more vinegar. So it's like, oh, wow. It's like pickling do you kind add of. any other seasonings or yeah garlic okay um you can throw an onion in there i so throw i put an apple in there almost before. like pickling it's kind of like pickling yeah but it's like hot and since the cabbage is so tough it just like i think the acid and the vinegar just really softens it and so you end up kind of with that you know that cabbage from ikea yes that like it, vinegary yeah, like red stewed, cabbage yeah yeah stewed it's kind of like that braised Braise, is yeah. the word yeah Anyways, that's very delicious, and it's so good with, like, sausage and potatoes. I mean, that's, like, an easy dinner. That sounds good. It takes a while, but. but. Yeah, I mean, if you start it early and you just, it probably smells really good. Yeah. And then you're like, ooh, I get to eat this delicious vinegary cabbage for yeah. dinner. Yum. I know. It sounds kind of weird, I guess, but it is very delicious. I think if you have it with something that's, like, you probably have it with sausages or something that's kind of rich. Yeah. yeah. It kind of cuts the richness. So it makes yeah. sense. Um, my favorite cabbage recipe is a copycat recipe from a food cart here in Portland. I feel bad because, so I went to this food cart. I, I expected I was going to like one thing on the menu, which I did like, but I really was obsessed with this slaw that he had. And um, I was determined to recreate it at home. And so I just like, I, I'm, I'm a, like I said, I'm a recipe hoarder and I'm, <laughs> you, totally I, are. you know, I know I can just go buy it at the food cart whenever I want, but I, sometimes I'm like, I feel like I could make this if I could just find a way to make it. The, yeah, exactly. So I just dug around on the internet and I found a recipe for this. I thought it would be similar and I made it and it was like identical. And so now I make it all the time, but it's a from an Indian food cart and it's a slaw, but it, you kind of serve it at room temperature, but um, it's just like cabbage and coconut and peanuts and turmeric, mustard um. seeds uh, it has serrano pepper, so it's kind of spicy. That sounds delicious. Um, but it's like really crunchy, and it goes really well with with with, with yeah. anything like anything with rice or any kind of stewy Indian thing. Yeah. It's a really good counterpoint because it's like crunchy and spicy. Um, so that's my favorite thing, and I will definitely put the link to the recipe that I found uh, in the show notes because it's really good. And I, every time I I make it for groups a lot because it's a it's like I'll make a stewy thing and rice, and then I'll make this because this thing. This slot is really f- pretty easy to prepare, and it sits, it holds yeah, well. Yeah, you can make it ahead of time, right. and then so you, you can, can keep it on the keep table, it, Just whatever. keep it out, keep, and yeah. it also is a really good thing to have on hand f- for lunches. I've also added quinoa in it Ooh, to, like, bulk it up, and I also think this whole recipe would be really good with, instead of cabbage, using, like, cauliflower or some other uh-huh. kind of, like, rice cauliflower or something that, something that doesn't need to be super cooked. Right. But uh, would absorb flavor well. So I think like rice cauliflower would be really good. Anyway, that's that my. That sounds so delicious. It's so good. And it's, it's different. Like it's not, it's not a, it's a slaw, but it's not like a mayonnaise coleslaw. It's, a, like a it's not, it doesn't even have vinegar either. It's just lime. It's just lime. Yeah. Lime, oil, and seasoning. That sounds and, so good. And, and cilantro and coconut and po- peanuts. It's so good. Oh my gosh. I love peanuts. <laughs> Yeah. Um, another really good cabbage recipe that I tried last year was from, I found it actually on the blog, Alexandra Cooks. I love and this her. this was actually the recipe that tipped me over to buying the cookbook <laughs> that it came from, which is Joshua McFadden's Six Season, A New Way with Vegetables. Um, and he is a local uh, restaurant, restaurant owner, mm-hmm. chef here in Portland. But this cookbook is, I think, one of the best vegetable so cookbooks good. Um, I've ever come across. Yeah, he really has a focus on vegetables. Yeah, and it's not fully vegetarian. There are right um, some, but meat is is added it's as a seasoning like a side, here and there. It's not the main dish. Yeah, yeah, and it's also organized seasonally. Yeah, and six seasons. The title of six season is kind of referring to here in the Pacific Northwest. We don't really have four distinct seasons. There's a lot of overlapping within the right. Seasons. So there's early summer, midsummer, right, and late summer. So that's what the six seasons apply yeah. to. But anyway, go on. Anyway, so this cabbage recipe is it's roasted cabbage with walnuts, parmesan, and saba. 
Um, What's that? Which is kind of like vinegar, I think. But Alexander Cook said that you could just use white balsamic vinegar. Oh, yeah. She uses that for everything. Which I found it at Trader Joe's. I really like it. It's very inexpensive, and I love it. Yeah, I get it at Fred Meyer, too. And um, there's, like, one brand that they have, and I've bought it a few times. I think it's delicious. It's good. It's, like, it's it's a little less intense than red balsamic. It's light. And it's maybe a tiny bit sweet, but it works really well in a lot of... Yeah. Dressings yeah. and stuff like that. So, so this, anyway. I mean, this basically is just like wedges of hot cabbage with yeah. walnuts, Parmesan, and like vinegar on it, which oh, it I guess good. is another vinegar cabbage recipe, but that's just really how I like my cabbage. Yeah, but it's like, it's not cooked as much, right? Or it's like, it's not as right. uh, stewed in it. It's no, more like right. tossed in it after it's more the fact. like a hot Like a salad, salad. dressing. Yeah. yeah. And then there's another recipe that I want to try, which is a cabbage and onion soup with farro. Have you tried this? Oh my gosh, I did. I made this in this like this last spring. Um, I think I saw it from Smitten Kitchen blog, and I was like, yeah, "Oh, I, I have." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, I have this cookbook. <laughs> I should, I should make this thing." I think she called it like a grandma soup, or yeah, it's called like on that. her blog. It's called Cozy Farrow yeah. and Cabbage Soup or something. Um, I did make it, and I was really skeptical. I, I. Typically, we'll adapt recipes or add extra things. And for this one, I really tried to hold back and just follow right. it strictly because, like, Deb said it was great. And I always trust, trust Deb. Deb. You got to trust Deb. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> Josh McFadden, too. I pretty much trust him, too. So I was like, okay, I'm going to – I was like, I'm skeptical. I kept telling my husband, like, I don't know about this. This might be really boring. I don't know about this because it's such simple ingredients. It's very simple. And it's a small – it's a short list of ingredients. There's not a ton of seasoning. Um, but it somehow turns into this like magical, comforting, like dream of a soup. That's like a perfect snow day soup. It's a perfect snow day soup. Like you're like, oh, I have half a cabbage rotting in the back of not rotting, but you know, it's been sitting sad. in there a for sad a while. Cabbage. It's sad. You don't know what to do with it. And then you have like a little bit of farro in the pantry, just whip it up with a bit of onion and like it it's magic. It sounds delicious. It really is. It it's surprisingly good. I highly recommend making it. <laughs> okay. On the list for On this a really winter. cold day, it's super comforting. Yeah, it sounds very comforting. Yeah. I don't even, I couldn't even think of anything to change it or make it better. Like, it's just really good. Yeah, so. that's a great cookbook. I, I totally, I highly recommend that cookbook. Um, Kind of like cabbage, there's also Brussels sprouts. Oh, yeah. They're like little mini cabbages. Tiny little cabbages. <laughs> I always make a Brussels sprout salad on Thanksgiving, which is so good. And I don't remember where the recipe came from. I think it's one of those recipes I read about, like, Ten years ago, and I kind of have like made it. Yeah, I've kind of like messed around with it over the years, and now I just it's in my head. Love but, that. But basically, you just take the Brussels sprouts, trim, blanch them, and then kind of squeeze them dry and shred them in a food processor. And you want to do that because um, you want them to just be slightly cooked, so they're not too crunchy. And then there's the, there's a vinaigrette that goes with it, which is with stone ground mustard. Um, and apple cider vinegar. And then I make these like maple roasted pecans to go on top, Ooh, which yummy. is a very Thanksgiving-y thing. But this salad is so fresh and um, delicious and light. And it goes so great with all of the heavy Thanksgiving foods. Um, yeah, I love having like a crunchy, bright salad with Thanksgiving. I do too. And it's so good with leftovers. It's good on sandwiches. Ooh, yeah. I mean, it keeps it well in the up, fridge. You can cabbage. make it the day before. Or, I, I mean, actually do Brussels. shred. Yeah, I shred all the Brussels sprouts the day before. And then I store them separately from the dressing and then just toss it Oh, before. that's so smart. Um, but yeah, that's a delicious recipe. I have too. a really good recipe, like similar that I've made for Thanksgiving that's uh, made with cabbage, though. But you could definitely use Brussels sprouts. Actually, the original recipe might even be with Brussels sprouts. Um, but it's mainly delicata squash. And then it's with a warm pickled onion vinaigrette mm. and, and walnuts and celery. So it's like crunchy but fresh. And then it's the salad the the dressing kind of wilts it a little, but not right. not a lot. And so when I made this before we were traveling, so I kind of made the salad and I kept the dressing separate. And then when I when we were ready to make dinner or have dinner, I just warmed up the dressing um, like in the microwave and perfect. like because it kind of just has to like be you know whisked right. together or warm, so it kind of melds and then toss it with that right before we ate. But everything else was already prepped, so it's like roasting the squash. Chopping the cabbage, whatever, prepping whatever else, and then getting the salad this dressing so ingredients good. together. It was, it's a really, I mean, really all good of salad. these winter recipes are like cook the vegetables and then <laughs> add acid, <laughs> fat, Make it in the form of cheese and nuts yes. and olive oil. Absolutely. And, um, and delicious, you know, other seasonings. 
Oh, I just love it. I love all the love seasonings and like, I love citrus too. So I love citrus too. Yeah. I mean, that's a very wintry thing to use citrus. Also. Absolutely. So what else? What else? Carrots? What about carrots? We eat so many carrots at our house. Yeah. I, I love bet. carrots. I used to buy baby carrots, um, but I kind of stopped this year because, uh, well, they're so, baby carrots are very easy, but lately I've been getting the bunches of carrots with the tops on and they are so much better. They are they better. They taste delicious. Um, Do you use the tops for anything? I feed them to our chickens. Oh, oh, that's smart. You can use the top. I've you never, can use them you can in broth like too. Pesto or yeah, a vegetable broth. Yeah. Um, I've never done that though. Anyways. I I have stuck them in my stock, but yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, we um, that's just the kind of the carrots we have for snacks and salads and things like that. But if I'm roasting carrots, I usually get just the bulk, cheaper ones. Yeah. Um, because I figure they're gonna just kind of get better in the oven. Absolutely, you don't have to buy the fancy ones. Exactly. Fancier <laughs> for snacking carrots. Yeah, like you want to taste the sweetness <laughs> exactly. of the raw carrot. Um, that book, Six Seasons, has a carrot pie recipe in it. Have you tried this carrot pie? No, I've never heard of carrot pie, but I it love is, carrot cake, so. So this is like a, it is very creamy. I mean, there's a lot of heavy cream in it. It's like a pumpkin pie, um, and it has like a pecan crust, Um it is so good. Is it a similar It's like a spices? custard pie. Is it similar? No, there's in- no pumpkin pie spice. Okay. The carrot flavor really shines through. Um, it's the most beautiful color. I feel like this would be such a, if you were going to a Thanksgiving potluck, this would be a great Yeah, it'd probably be really delicious and surprising. Yeah. That sounds good. I, I might try it. I don't know. I'm not, I've kind of like, carrots are a vegetable that I sort of take for granted or I don't use them as much as yeah. I should because I never really, I don't, love carrots like to me what? they're just like too crunchy sometimes like i feel like i'm chewing it forever <laughs> yeah i mean they're pretty, it's pretty loud i like it when, i like shredded carrots in yeah, a salad too. and i or I, shaved carrots with a vegetable peeler right but i don't do cook it. them like i don't i don't make them the star of the show i guess is what i'm getting at but yeah. i was at a restaurant with a friend and we, i ordered this uh carrot dish and i was talking to her about it because it was so good and we were both ooing and eyeing over this carrot. We got that carrot dish when we went to that same restaurant. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It, it was, was so, so good. good. They're like smoked or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they tasted very smoky. Oh my gosh. And but there's like a really good sauce on it. I don't even remember what. It was like pistachios, maybe? Yeah, it was green, I think. Oh my gosh. But uh, so yeah. I almost always want to order interesting carrot dishes at restaurants, but I never cook them myself. I it, like, I might throw them into a roasted vegetable medley if I'm having some in the fridge that need to get used, but I'm never like focusing on carrots. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. So I need to like, I've really come to, around on carrots. Yeah, I really need to get better I think it's mostly it. because my kids like carrots. And so, so you always I'm have like, them. I always have them. And I'm like, I can throw this into any dish. And then there will be a vegetable that they like to eat. Yeah, that in makes the dish. sense. There is one carrot recipe though that I made a couple times in my efforts to embrace carrot cooking. <laughs> and it's called magic Moroccan carrots. Um, it's basically just like carrots that are m- mashed up with or roasted with a bunch of spices, Moroccan spices, I guess, and honey and tomatoes and chickpeas. Ooh. So it kind of gets a little caramelized and it is a full dish. I guess you could have it with rice or bread or maybe potatoes would probably be good. Um, I don't remember. It's been a while since I made it, but, um, I've made it a couple of times and it's really tasty. So I need to, I need to branch out more with my carrots. Yeah, and other root vegetables like rutabagas and what else? Rutabagas, celery roots. Celery root, yeah. There's a lot of recipes in Six Seasons with celery root. I I actually just saw some very beautiful celery roots. I've never had um, it. Whole Foods. I've had them. I haven't ever prepared it myself. But Ada was. We were at the store together, and she was like really interested because they look so. They do look crazy. Like gnarly and hairy. Yeah, they look like an alien. Yeah. (laughs) So actually, I will. I will definitely look. Up those recipes. Yeah, you should. I feel I'm like really I would love to. Um, I want to experiment with it too. Prepare that. You know, it also reminds me of which this is totally up to, off topic, but jicama. Oh my gosh. That's not, that's not probably not a winter vegetable, but isn't yeah, it kind of I mean, in that same here. family? Like, I mean, it kind of looks like that. It's kind of like a daikon. The first time, yeah, it is. The first time I tried it, I remember thinking that it was like a potato, yeah, but it like is very potato y. Spicier, but not spicy. That's not yeah. the right word for it. My but. kids go nuts. For jicama. Oh my gosh. I made a really good jicama slaw yeah. for like a I love um, jicama too, but taco I, they party. just eat, they eat all of it. Oh, wow. That's surprising. It's like one of their favorite vegetables. That's jicama. so interesting. I think it's a Charlie summer was like literally, I swear, like yesterday he was cr- having a tantrum because we were out of jicama. 
You have it all the time in your house? Yeah, I, I buy it all the time. Oh wow, they love it. That's cool. But they'll eat like I buy. Kids it, I are buy such it good pre. Eaters. I buy it pre-chopped because um, a couple of times I have bought like a big jicama and it has had a lot of bad spots. And oh yeah, it just, and they brown really easily. They brown too. really easily, and so I just buy like the pre-chopped jicama. Yeah. I don't really buy that many pre-chopped vegetables, but jicama and butternut are kind of the ones I do. Yeah. Um, but they eat the whole container. That's like crazy. Yeah, I think it's kind of like apple or fitasa with lemon or something. Yeah. It preserves it. But anyway, sorry, totally off topic. You should off try topic. those um, Moroccan to- I'm carrots. I'm definitely going to try those Moroccan carrots. I think your kids would like them too. If you just like don't use the spicy spices. Yeah. Because that's like, what we usually do. We just kind of add hot yeah, stuff later. Yeah, you can always add hot stuff later. Um, what is your all time favorite winter vegetable? That is a question I have. I mean, if do onions count? Yeah. Yeah. I, onions. They're my all time favorite of all time. <laughs> I mean, yes. What can't you do with an onion? Um, but I guess if we're talking like winter specific, cauliflower. Yeah. Yeah. Cauliflower is my favorite. What do you do with cauliflower? Um, what don't I do with it? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mainly, mainly just roasting it. I just think it's yeah. the best to roast. You want to roast it on high heat. High heat. Any seasonings. It gets so crunchy. I love how it like browns, but it still holds its sh- like it doesn't get mushy. Right. You know, it like it still well, has it a can good if you take it out too early. That's true. Or if you crowd the pan, like you if it crowd steams it. But I really love like there was one thing I read a long time ago when I first started like cooking cauliflower because I wasn't one of those people that grew up eating cauliflower. Like it's kind of like a new vegetable yeah, to me, me too, at least within the last few years. So I read this thing that was like cut it when you cut it up, cut it with as many flat edges as you can because the flat edges are what get really brown on oh, the cookie sheet that's a great tip so like as many edges as you can have on the cookie sheet or whatever you're using to cook them in that's the part that gets really brown and then the the little florets they get a little yeah. color so i try to cut it like all yeah. at angles not necessarily cutting it into florets but even cutting the florets just can in half you share a video of this on our instagram maybe yeah, I can. I just try it. Like, I'll cut the florets off, you know, like you cut the stem out or whatever. Yeah. And then I just cut, I try to cut, if I'm really wanting a really good browned roasted yeah. cauliflower. which is every time. Right. So I'll, like, cut all the florets in half so yeah. that they have a flat side. That makes sense. Then those sides go down. You want the yeah, flat sides down. Yeah, you want the flat down, side down so it gets the most so heat So it can get the, the most heat. And I put it on the lowest rack in my oven. Yeah. Anyway, I love cauliflower. I like um, it, too. I also like it. I guess with every vegetable, I like it with something acidic. Yeah, well, yeah, it helps. Our capers are good with cauliflower. cauliflower. I think I mentioned this in the in one of the last episodes that cauliflower is my favorite thing in hummus bowl. Oh the, yeah, uh, like zatar and cauliflower is a really good combo. Yeah, that is a great combo. Um, pa- paprika works too. Cumin works too. Uh, buffalo, but like roasted bu- cauliflower oh, and yeah. tossed in buffalo sauce, and then you so can put good. that into a salad, like a really good green crunchy salad. Right. That's really good. So yeah, cauliflower is my fave. Yeah, I get frozen rainbow cauliflower at Trader Joe's, um, which it comes with like purple, yellow, green, and white cauliflower. That's cool. And um, Ada loves it. She likes to eat it frozen. The purple. What? <laughs> She'll eat any purple vegetable. But yeah, they like purple to- vegetables are actually really good for you. Oh really? They have like different extra vitamins that the white and green ones don't. Huh. I don't know the science behind it, but there's like some extra that makes something in the hmm. purple vegetables. That is good for you. Well, that's great. A little extra something. And it's more fun if you can find purple cauliflower. It is really exciting when you find the very purple exciting. cauliflower. Purple yeah. broccoli. Purple asparagus. Purple asparagus. I love the purple things. Purple bell peppers. Oh, yeah. That's that's Purple cool. green beans. We grew those one year. Oh, wow. Anyways, I know some people who put frozen cauliflower into smoothies. Oh. Which I have not tried yet. That's interesting. Um, but apparently it makes them extra creamy. It makes without sense. Without a banana. Like if you don't want to use a banana. Yeah. I made a pasta um, sauce with cauliflower once. So it yeah. makes sense. It creams, yeah, people it like creams use up cauliflower nicely. in place of like mashed potatoes. Or, yeah. And actually there's a recipe in Six Seasons for a cauliflower um, salad that a friend of mine made. She used the fresh pre-riced cauliflower. Um, the recipe called for like getting out the food processor and ricing it. But right. She didn't want to do that. I will, I will probably <laughs> never do that either. But you, it has dried cherries that you kind of rehydrate in the vinegar for the oh, vinaigrette yum. and almonds and sumac, which is like oh yeah, sumac, so good. Um, anyways, yeah, I like the idea of rice and cauliflower. I don't have a food processor, but I have riced cauliflower with just like a cheese grater. Oh, that's a good it, idea. Like get a big bowl and like yeah, put the cheese like grater in it because otherwise it makes a huge mess. I haven't really done a lot with 
rice, cauliflower rice, because I just, I'm not that opposed to just regular rice, I guess. Yeah, I like rice. I like but, regular um, rice, too. But I like the idea of it, and it is a kind of interesting, different way to eat cauliflower. Like, right. It, it makes it a different texture. Well, and in this recipe, it was very crunchy. Um, right. So if you cook good. it a little, too, then it becomes less crunchy. It can also be used... Like in a, as a kind of like a meat substitute in some things. Like if you put, if you put rice cauliflower into like a pasta sauce, it's right. going it to kind melt of, away. it's going to kind of be similar to beef or yeah. some other kind of ground meat because it kind of is that bally texture. Crumbly. Unless you cook it too much, then it just turns yeah. to nothing. But you know what I, I mean? I throw cauliflower when I make, I make a um, Indian butter chicken recipe in my um, instant pot and Ooh, I yeah. always just throw like a bag of frozen cauliflower yeah, yeah, because it just like becomes part of the sauce. And I like, love well, that. there's more vegetables in it. You know, what, there's a, that reminds me of there's a recipe from Half Baked Harvest that I made. That when I made this, I made it for a group of people when we were watching The Bachelor, and one of my friends asked me about it like all the time. When are you going to make that again? I even sent her the recipe, and she always asked me about it. But <laughs> it was like a, I think it was like a butter chicken thing, but with cauliflower, and I yeah, added yum. paneer to it. Delicious. Um, but the but the first step in it was was like marinating the cauliflower with coconut milk and ginger and roasting it. That sounds amazing. And then putting it into the sauce. And yeah. but what I roasted the cauliflower like so I did this. I marinated it with coconut milk and ginger, and it might have had garlic too. I don't remember. And then um, I tasted it out of the oven just like that, and I was like, "This is so delicious!" Like just like this, like. I could I, I keep meaning to just make it like just that again, that. but that I haven't. Really but then you put that in the sauce and it's like it has an extra layer yeah, of flavor. I want to try that. But um yeah, it's from Half Baked Harvest, so I'll link that too. I, okay. Yeah, we'll link that in the recipe notes. Um, or the what are we creating? <laughs> We've been talking about a lot of delicious vegetables. Uh, kale? Other... I don't know. Is kale count? Kale, yeah. Broccoli. Broccoli. Beets. Beets. I love beets. Do you like beets? No, I don't really like beets. I, I'm coming around to them. It's like my last holdout on the thing. <laughs> I was a really picky eater as a uh-huh. kid and through most of my life. Like I didn't even eat avocados probably until like six years ago. Wow, so really? Yeah. So um, huh. beets are kind of like the last thing that I haven't quite come around to. Like I'll still eat them. If, if I'm at a restaurant and somebody orders a beet salad, I'll try them. Right, but, but they're not I, your favorite. Yeah, and I've never bought them myself to cook. Yeah, I actually just got a bag of frozen beets chunks, um, and I have no idea what to do with them. Do you have to thaw them out first before you? Use I don't them? know. I was thinking I might add them to smoothies just for color, oh, that's like a good not idea. too much, maybe just a couple. Um, I think it would make it really pretty, which they're maybe already, would make them more appealing. Are they already cooked? I don't know. I mean, you can eat raw. You beets. can eat raw beets. Actually, one thing that I, one recent, not recent, it was a while ago, but it was somewhere, it was salad, and it was like shaved, like with a, like a julienne like peeler, a, yeah, kind of like shaved, yeah. I think they were raw beets in yeah. the salad, but they were really, they were really pretty, and, and they didn't really taste like too much, because they were like, they were so, so thin, thin. Um, but I really liked that, and I was like, oh, I could You can could add beets to hummus, too, and Ooh. then you just get like a little bit of that beet earthy flavor. Um, and then your hummus is like a beautiful pink. Yeah. I think that's the earthiness is like, to me, it just kind of tastes like dirt. But it's kind of dirt. I'm yeah. trying to get over it. Actually, there was a couple of times recently that we got beets on a salad and I was like, I actually really like this. So I think. I think the beets really change their flavor um, over the year. Oh. So I think they but, yeah, like late fall winter beets, I think taste different than spring beets, then taste different from late spring beets. I think and, that makes sense. And I think if you get. Beets are one of those foods because I think carrots taste really different too. And when we started growing vegetables, carrots was one that we always wanted to grow because like carrots that you grow in your yard just are so much sweeter than carrots you really? get in the store for some reason. Maybe it's just the varieties of carrots that we grow. I don't yeah. know. But I think if you go to like a farmer's market and get some beets that look really great, uh-huh. you're, that's like peak produce. And so maybe that would right. help. Yeah, maybe so. Um, I, I got to try it. I just, I don't know. I'm hesitant. I hate wasting stuff, so that's yeah. my thing. You can just um, drive them over to my house. I'll, oh, okay. I'll take care of this. I feel like there's a, back to the the vegetable tasting different thing. I think I saw something. You know, Andrea Bremis, right? Love her. Is that her name? Did I say it right? Bemis, I think. Bemis. 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 Dishing up the dirt. Okay, that's I love that's that the cookbook. Blog, the she's cookbook. a local farmer. Yeah, she's just in Washington, I think. And, no, she's um, my hood. Oh gosh, see, I don't even know. Anyway, <laughs> but I had already been following her blog. But she, I feel like she's posted something about that where, like, when there's, like, an early freeze, the freeze it affects the, yeah. the sweetness of the vegetable. So, anyway, that was a yeah. tangent the, but that I don't know Fadden anything about. Yeah, talks about that in his book, too, where, um, you know, he 
he would, and actually I think he recommends in the winter you want to peel your carrots, but in the spring you don't really need to peel them. Just scrub it's them. Just a different, and I, I actually, we just pulled, so right now it's late, late October. We just pulled our summer carrots out of our garden and oh, they've been okay. growing since May. Oh, wow. And they were very sweet and delicious. Interesting. Um, they can just sit in the ground for a really long time. That's cool. That's good that they, they last. They're very hardy. Vegetables are amazing. They really are. They're they so truly good for are. Us. That was winter vegetables. I mean, we could talk about, I feel like we could talk about this forever. <laughs> I love vegetables. I do too. And I, we didn't really get to greens. I feel like we could probably do a whole episode on greens. Yeah, maybe we should. I think we should. Okay, so now how about we move on to our recent feast segment. Yeah. Where we each talk about a delicious dish that we have made recently. So Great. Michelle, tell us what you've made deliciously. Well, okay, so I got a very generous gift of some freshly foraged chanterelle mushrooms this Oh, my week. gosh. Somebody loves you. Oh, my gosh. I, I, my friend, she, a while back, she was, like, posted this picture on Instagram, and I was like, if you ever have extra, like, I love mushrooms, please, you know, I'll take any extras. So this last weekend, she was like, hey, let me know if you want some with this picture of, like, all these mushrooms. Oh, my gosh. So I, since I was already going to see her this week, she brought me some. And um, so I just basically sautéed them up. I threw away my whole plan for whatever you I had planned. You have to drop everything for fresh <laughs> Exactly. Intros. I was like, I got mushrooms. <laughs> I got to cook these mushrooms immediately. So I just sautéed them up. I had some regular, um, like, cremini mushrooms in the fridge. So I just sautéed them all up with some leeks. Um, mm. And then once they were all, like, super delicious, I added a little splash of sherry and lemon. And then we had them on top of polenta. Um, I do polenta in Instant Pot, which is, saves oh, a lot of stirring. It's kind of like – it does make a big, like, you know, you have to scrub the pan a bit when it's done, right. you know, but it's less stirring. Yeah, the, I actually – I avoid polenta because of the stirring. Same thing with risotto. You can do that right. in there, too. Yeah, I've done that. So, yeah, p- polenta in Instant Pot, nine minutes. It's magic. So – um so polenta mushrooms, and then I also just made some like chickeny flavored soy curls with spinach, and we had all that like well the soy curls and the mushrooms on top of polenta. So yeah, um, it was really good. I still haven't tried soy curls, but do you feel like the texture of the soy curl is similar to the chanterelle mushroom? Yes, very similar. That's how I imagine it to be. It is quite similar. In fact, with like even though I cooked these two things separately, so they had like different seasonings. Once I kind of had it all in my plate, I did have a hard time differentiating yeah. it because they're very similar. Yeah, it's like it's like Yum. a really good chewiness, similar to the chanterelle mushrooms. Yeah, mm, that's so good. Um, so yeah, if you're wondering how I make the chickeny soy curls, just in case you're wondering, because soy curls are kind of weird and nobody really knows how to make them. Yeah, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> So I, I am learning from you, though. Well, good. You should try them. So they sell them around here because they're an Oregon product. If you don't live in Oregon. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I don't know if they're very widespread, like you can buy them in most stores, but they have them here in, like, they have them in New Seasons. They have them in the co-op. They have them in the bulk bin. Huh. So um, I just buy them in the bulk bin, but you can order them on Amazon, too. Um, so they come in this pack of, like, I don't know how how big it is, but they're they're these crunchy little dried up little things. So you have to rehydrate them before you do anything. So you just soak them in hot water for like 10, 15 minutes, and then you drain them. You want them to be pretty dry when you cook them because otherwise they just, I don't know, they take forever to cook. You kind of need the moisture out of it. Kind of like tofu where you have to drain tofu. So for the chickeny flavored ones, you just, for this, what I did was I, instead of soaking them just in water to rehydrate them, I soaked them in a chicken flavored broth. Like I bought these little broth Oh, like bouillon cubes? Uh, bouillon cubes. They're chicken flavored, but they're vegan. Oh, cool. So I mixed those into the water with some other extra spices, and then I rehydrated the soy curls in that. Then I drained them, and then I just cooked them in a pan like with oil and a few more seasonings uh, and garlic, fresh garlic. Uh, and I kind of added a little bit of like almond milk to give a little moisture because it was – everything else was – like my – I don't know. My timing wasn't right. I have a – problem with timing sometimes and i didn't want the soy curls to get too dried up so i just added some like you could add water or more broth i just added um almond milk because it seemed like it'd be good creamy element with this meal um then i threw in some spinach to wilt and then yeah it turned out really good though the soy curls were really really tasty so what about you what's something delicious that you've made i also made a vegan thing recently which was from minimalist baker Lovely. Um, who I love I, her. I love her too. And this was the one pot 
um, chickpea tomatoes peanut stew, which is kind of based on like an African peanut stew. Yeah, I've dish. never had that. I've always been curious about it. Somebody brought it to me when um, after I had one of the kids as like a new baby meal, and I have been thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so good. I love the idea of it. Like it sounds like savory and warm, really savory, and comforting, really rich. I would recommend this recipe, and I also recommend her blog. She actually has been a plant based blog for a long time, but has recently decided to incorporate some meat and eggs okay, into her I diet. Okay, I didn't realize that, yeah. And so um, it really is a flexitarian nice. blog at yeah. this point. Um, anyway, so you start by chopping up an onion and a bell pepper and some garlic. I did two bell peppers because I had two that were kind of getting wilty, and so I just did that. Um, cook it for a while, season with salt, and then you add two cans of diced tomatoes with the juices, a can of tomato paste, and two cans of coconut milk, uh, two cans of chickpeas, and then a cup of peanut butter. So it's like a, this is a very simple, Yeah, it's like, Cook up an pantry. onion and pepper Good. and then just dump a bunch of cans Good in. Good pantry meal. Yeah, it's a great pantry meal. Right, because you probably always have an onion. And you could definitely skip the bell peppers. Or half it. Exactly. Um, this So the recipe called for specific measurements of the tomato paste and the coconut milk. But I did not follow that because I hate it when a recipe doesn't use a full can of coconut milk. Yeah. Because what I'm not going to keep that around. Yeah. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll use it for my coffee or... Yeah, but I'll try to keep it. it, it just the seems the like main a pain. thing is to not keep it in the can. Right. If you put yeah, it you into another it container, the then it's lasts longer. But yeah. Anyways, it still turned out really good. Um, I let it simmer for a while, and then she recommends serving it with rice. Um, I don't think it needed the rice because it was so filling. But I also used full fat coconut milk instead of light coconut milk. Uh, um, but like between like the chickpeas and the full fat coconut milk and the peanut butter it was like a very filling <laughs> yeah meal and the recipe also called for like a chili garlic sauce but um i didn't do that because the kids um but ryan put sriracha on his was it super worked. thick yeah and when well when it cooled it was definitely more like a stew yeah because i was gonna um, say you could just if it was like really too heavy or you really oh, wanted yeah, you it with rice it with you could thin it with more water yeah. or broth or something yeah definitely i mean and i think you could freeze it's a recipe i should have just frozen half of it um, yeah right away you know what else? That's something that once it thickened up and you're like bored of eating it as stew, you could put on top of a roasted a potato. sweet potato. Gosh, you're so right. Yeah, it would be so good. Yeah, I thought this was a great recipe. I would totally recommend it. Um, I think it's very kid-friendly, too, if your kids will eat soups. Which... I'm going to try it. That sounds really it's different from anything I've made before, so yeah. I'm curious to try it. I think it's a great lunch leftover Ooh, also. yeah. I like those recipes that are good lunches. Yeah, me too. I guess that's pretty much everything that that's we plan to today. cover. So thank you for joining us at the Flexitarian Feast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you are listening. Next time, we're going to be talking about grains. So you won't want to miss that. You can find us online at theflexitarianfeast.com and on Instagram at theflexitarianfeast. A huge thank you to our producer, Tiki Sound. I'm Eliz. And I'm Michelle. And we'll see you next time. Until then, eat lots of plants. <laughs>